Hi, this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Drew Osler and his family had an opportunity to visit the Disneyland Resort during a few weeks ago, right before masks were again required indoors and on attractions. We hear from Drew and his experiences in the park. We offer all the highlights of Avengers Campus and compare it to Marvel Superhero Island at Islands of Adventure. What is it like to actually be in the park and not utilize FastPass at Disneyland? We also talk about the Coco edition to Mickey's Filler Magic and discuss the significance of changes made recently on the newly renovated Jungle Cruise over at Disneyland Park. And we consider the comparisons made between Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus, which is better. Oh, and also Snow White's Enchanted Witch. There's no way we're not gonna talk about that. So join us for this terrific report as we visit the Disneyland Resort. And before we get started, thank you for being part of our podcast. Make sure that you um, subscribe, not only to the podcast, but to DisneyAtPlay.com where you can get alerts and notifications about additional podcasts. We have so much to cover in the days to come. And I'm excited to uh, be joined up here with Drew. He is just a terrific friend, a previous Disney cast member out here at Walt Disney World, uh, played a role with uh, some of the um, improvements made at Disneyland Paris. And we just have a, a great opportunity to talk with him today. So join us. Let's do this. All right. So we're really glad to have Drew Thank you for joining us. It's been, yeah, actually, how many weeks ago were you, were you and your family at Disneyland? Well, now it feels far too long ago, but we got <laughs> back. So we got back about three weeks ago now. And it was funny because we got back right, um, right the day before the Jungle Cruise um, premiere. Premiered. Yeah, right before the, before the anniversary of Disneyland. Yep. Just after the anniversary and before the premiere, we were kind of in the middle there. And then we just had left right before they went back to uh, the stricter mask mandates, you know, with the Delta variant popping up. So we were there in that little bit of a pocket, but we had a wonderful time. It was it was a great trip. And uh, nobody got sick. You think you would do it again if you knew that you had to <laughs> yeah. do the, uh, the stricter mandate? Yeah, so no one got sick. And we're past the two weeks, so we feel good about it. Um, we it, It's funny, you know, and I've, I've seen articles about this online. We did, I think what a lot of people did, you know, we we were locked down for the past year and a half. I mean, we hardly saw anyone. We were trying to be really careful, got vaccinated. And so we just were to the point where we needed a break and needed just to have a little normalcy. And so it was funny because... Our, our middle child made a comment. We were there just, I mean, the, the, our, our whole family loves going to Disney, but um, he made a comment about how, how special it was and what a fun time it was. He's like, oh, this kind of feels like normal life again. And so I think, you know, for that reason, we'd probably go back. Um, perhaps we had our guard down a little bit, but, you know, we felt really safe about how Disney approached things. And, um, but yeah, a little bit of, you know, nervousness because right after mass kind of came back on and and the delta thing is spiking but but despite that it, it was a really great time you're out of provo utah you drove down yep drove down so like a lot of people you know want to avoid avoid flying yeah so uh we just drove down from utah um we uh how, how many days were you there and where did you stay yeah, so we arrived on, so we drove on Sunday, arrived Sunday evening. We stayed at our favorite off-property hotel, which is the Tropicana. Okay. In Suites, so which is essentially just, you know, east of Space Mountain, right there. <laughs> so, you know, like a lot of people, you know, we, we love seeing on property, but, you know, the challenge is, you know, you look at it just the cost to stay on property at one of the three three resorts relative to the Tropicana is just was just too high for our 
our uh, liking. So we decided to stay on the Tropicana, which was great. And then use that savings and money to buy more souvenirs and uh, treats and food and extra sugar. So <laughs> they're probably it, evened out either way. I, I tell you the convenience of going across the street to the Tropicana is the, I mean, that makes it so worth it. Absolutely. So the Tropicana is um, it's, it's closer than the Disneyland hotel and obviously paradise pier. So super convenient. It's great because they have five, they can sleep up to five folks. We're a family of five. So it fits us perfectly right there. They have all the things you need. Um, we would, you know, you know, we're actually so close that the, um, the Disneyland app thinks we're still on property um, when you pull it up. So really convenient. Um, so yeah, so we got there Sunday evening and then we were, we were actually, um, we had a, we got in the park for five days. So that first evening we got in, we just kind of walked around downtown Disney. Then we had five days, Monday through Friday in the parks. And then we drove home mm. Sunday or sorry, sorry, Saturday. So yeah, just really, um, really excellent time. Really great time to go and, and really had a fantastic How did you balance time. your time between the two parks? Yeah, we, you know, again, crunch the numbers. I think it was about was it 250 to get a park hopper. And so we decided to forego the park hopper, get a one day per park ticket, you know, the uh, base ticket. And we did, so we did three days in Disneyland, two days in California Venture. Um, it was funny, my, the rest, pretty much the rest of my family really likes going to California Venture more. Uh, which is probably against the norm and, and and against what I did. So we'd originally, they had convinced us or convinced me to reserve three days at DCA and two at Disneyland. And midweek, I kind of showed them, hey, you know, we're, there's a lot more to do at Disneyland. So let's switch. So we ended up changing one of our days midweek um, to Disneyland to do three and two. Now it's interesting, you know, before that wouldn't be an issue, right? Um, yeah. But with the reservation and then what I noticed, and so it was a little bit nerve wracking, a little bit, frankly, a little bit annoying. Um, I, you know, and what we're seeing from, from, from Disney, I don't, I don't expect it to change. I, I think the reservation system is here to stay. Um, and it takes a little more inconvenience, but probably the, the biggest challenge was, so I had went in. So I, I, I went in to look about switching the parks, but the, um, but it was all booked. And so I had this, and then you would go in later and it would, there would be more openings. I imagine there, you know, people cancel, perhaps, you know, they're continuing to, to have more capacity. And so there was this fear of what if I go in and cancel my one reservation and then go to get the other one, that one's gone. Mm. And so I talked to guest relations and they said, yeah, you just got to go in and do it quickly. <laughs> so, and they said, if you can't get it, go back and get the other one. And so I, I did that one and canceled my DCA and then got Disneyland. Um, but yeah, but, but that being said, and obviously we're in a unique time. We, we estimated that park capacity was at about 60%. Um, so that was great though. Like, especially in Disneyland, if you think of like walking through Adventureland, you know, it wasn't a bot a huge bottleneck. It yeah. was really nice having a lot more space. And so there, that's, you know, obviously the one perk besides for their staffing to have the reservation system that it wasn't as, as jam packed. So, so let's just get to Marvel <laughs> or Avengers campus. Yes. Um, how, how did, first of all, the challenge of getting into the Spider-Man attraction how was that for you? And, and just the general entry were, was it backed up and busy or what, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So it was totally fine. We missed, if you've gone on TikTok or Facebook and you've seen some of the, the mad rush and people yeah. just waiting to get in, um, we avoided all of that. So as, as many are aware, you know, at, at 7am at noon, you can book the virtual pass or virtual queue for web slingers or for rise of the resistance and Disneyland. And 
luckily my wife is miraculous with doing that because every time we do it, we would both pull our phones out, you know, cause as you know, it literally would go in seconds and we would go to reserve it. And she beat me every time <laughs> ready, draw. And she, she just, it's, it's incredible. So, um, but it was great cause she got us, um, she got us passes every time we did it. And so our, our very first day there, we went to DCA got, so we got the, um, got the virtual queue at 7am. And again, I mean, it was probably gone in five seconds. Um, we then went to rope drop and for rope drop, they let us in right up to Avengers campus, which is really cool. Cause we, we were literally second, you know, two, two rows deep. Mm. And they had the, the Avengers music playing. Um, and we had our web slingers was for like it, I want to say 1130 AM. So even, you know, so it was a bit later. And so at rope drop, we went and did Raider Springs racers and hit up toy story mania, you know, all those e-tickets. And we did them all with hardly any weight. Meanwhile, thinking we'll then go back to Avengers campus you know, a little bit before our reservation and see what it's like. Cause you know, you have all this fear. It can't get in. So yeah. we had all those e-tickets and then went back at uh, probably like 10 30 and it was completely fine. We just walked right in. I mean, clearly it was busier and what people will notice if they haven't already is, you know, it's not a very large land and it's, it's kind of narrow, you know, cause if you, if you recall, that's where a bug land was. And so mm-hmm. There's not a lot of real estate and even the entrance, it's, 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 it's very narrow because there's not a lot of space on the right. Cause you got cars land on the left. They have web slingers. And so it's very narrow walking in as you get back into the campus. Um, but it was surprising. We just, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, we can just walk in. All right. So, yeah. So we walk in and, and, you know, we enjoyed um, a lot of the, the live entertainment and some of the food. Um, and did all that before we uh, went on web slingers. And so it was, it was great. There was no issue of huge lines or whatnot. Um, now the actual web slingers was a little more of a challenge though. So um, we actually were in the line that first day for, for 55 minutes, mm. which there was a little bit of a downtime um, but that was a little disappointing because the queue, the, the far majority of the queue is, is outside and essentially none of it is covered. So, you know, it was July in California, it got pretty hot. So that wasn't the best to say, yeah. to be honest. Um, essentially when you enter the, the building, they have the pre-show and there's a short walk down to board. And so, that wasn't ideal. Um, and, and, and frankly, um, you know, I kind of wish, you know, for a virtual queue, it, w- it was longer than what I would have liked to have waited in. Mm. Um, that being said, um, you know, the attraction is good. I, but, but I personally, I wouldn't say great. Um, when I, so when you think of um, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, um, and I'm on spacing scale on, one to five, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate Guardians? Oh, five. Guardians is, is incredible. And I, you know, I was, I was one of the folks who is in love with Tower of Terror in, mm. in Florida, frankly, with disappointing California. So the only reason when they, when they first announced it, I thought, Ooh, that's, doesn't feel right. But I thought, well, that isn't, you know, the, the California version isn't as good. Plus Joe Rody is a part of this. So we'll, so we'll see. I was pleasantly surprised. I love that attraction. Every time I get off that, I'm just have a smile on my face and it's such a fun, <laughs> positive ride, right? Just, Oh, it's, it's a great ride. So yeah. yeah. Guardians to me is a five. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and you know, and, and I think part of the challenge too, is you think of, oh, like the average guest comes in and goes only two rides have this virtual queue and you go on rise the resistance, 
which, you know, in my opinion is the greatest attraction ever built. Um, it just blows your mind away. And then going to web slingers, it's like, oh, well that's, that's good, but, but not, not amazing right now, obviously because it's brand new, that has a big impact on it, it being the virtual queue. But um, now, now Drew used to live out in Florida and worked for yep. um, the company out here in Orlando. Let's let's do a little different comparison. Let's uh, how would you compare the Avengers campus experience to Marvel Superhero Island at Islands of Adventure? And and I think there's an interesting comparison there because a both of them have Spider-Man attractions, and B, both of them have a, a drop ride. Fearfall is, I think, the name of it over there um, at Islands of Adventure, obviously Gardens of the Galaxy here. Um, now, mind you, it also has Storm Force and Incredible Hulk. But then again, Correct. we haven't added the third component attraction, which... Um, you know, for that land yet. So it's kind of not yet to compare, but if you were to just compare it today, how would you compare the two lands? Yeah, great, great thought. So yeah, so I would say Avengers Campus is superior in the theming, mm. which, you know, with Disney isn't too surprising. Um, the amount of Easter eggs throughout the land was pretty cool. Um, our, our kids especially love Marvel. And so seeing a lot of the things brought in from all the different films and from the comics was really great. Um, the attention to detail throughout it is, is great. The live entertainment, which, you know, fingers crossed doesn't change, um, was really excellent. And so, so for example, when I went into uh, Pim's test kitchen to get food, the family sat at one of the, you know, uh, tables and they watched, um, the black widow, you know, show they watched the Wakanda show and they just loved it. Like it was, it was awesome. Mm. So love live entertainment where I, I feel at Islands of adventure, um, it's better is, is, you know, there's just more attractions and they're, and the you know, the ride does rock. Yeah. I mean, the, the Spider-Man attraction, which gosh, is that like 15 years old now? Um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, the 1991, I think is when. Yeah, I even more. Started. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I enjoy that more. Yeah. I enjoy that more than, than a uh, web slingers. Um, yeah. you know, in the other attractions, especially the Hulk are fantastic. Um, not as good as to me as guardians, but kind of when you step back, it's like, well, there's, there's more offerings, you know, quantity at islands of adventure um and spider-man's really excellent and so yeah once they get the you know plan third you know quinjet e-ticket that obviously changes everything which you know fingers crossed that should be good because you know have that come out in phase two um in a few years you know would be excellent um you know i think another thing that would would be a very cool thing that would also round out that whole land. Because again, you, your comparison to Bugs Life is, is a valid one. And to, by the way, the Bountiful Valley Farm, if you remember even before Bugs Life. Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's really, yes, let's look at irrigation equipment. And exactly. uh, so we've, we've made improvements, but um, I think since they've closed Frozen, I love the Frozen show at the Hyperion, but I think it would be great if they took that theater and did some kind of Marvel stunt show within that space, I think, and, and give more uh, license opportunity to really see all of the different characters. I, I think that show would sell yeah. out in a heartbeat. And I, and I have to caveat a little because I did see Spider-Man on Broadway and that was a hot mess. But <laughs> with Julie Taymor yeah. directing at Bless Her Heart, you know, Lion King. But, but um, I think a show, a, a stunt show in that theater with Marvel characters could be, could be huge um, given what Mike 
be done with special effects and and all that. So, so I, I that's I'd a great like idea. To see the Quinjet, yeah. but I'd also like to see the other. I'm not exactly sure. I want to see all of Hollywood Land change to a Marvel theme. I think Hollywood Land needs to figure itself out, and I think it still needs to stay Hollywood Land. It just needs to figure itself out. By the way, were you able to see? Um, well, let me before I go there. Anything else about Avengers Campus that you just just uh, really rocked? Yeah, I I love the, I love that idea um, to put a stunt show in there. They, you know, they have a, a spillover dining area for Pims, you know, between Guardians and the Hyperion. So, and and the way they've, you know, they've done some placemaking. Because um, if you recall, before Guardians was there, but but it was still a part of Hollywoodland. They've they've done placemaking, kind of pushing it past that to make it more inclusive of campus. And so, just like thinking about it situationally, like. It, it would totally work to have a stunt show there. And I completely agree with you. I'm a huge fan of Hollywoodland and think there's real potential there. And I hope they, like, I think they could do both of, of having a stunt show and then still beefing up Hollywoodland to make that a really solid land. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, I guess two things. One, you know, I have three young kids who all love Marvel. It's really critical that they, and the stunt show would also do this is they keep the live entertainment. Like it was so cool, you know, seeing Loki there, right. Loki just finished the uh, Disney plus show and, and um, seeing, you know, seeing the Spider-Man stunt show, different outfits. Like that was really excellent. They loved the rides, but actually seeing them was really cool. And so I hope they keep that element because that's what really puts the land over the top. Um, and the last thing is the food was really cool. So our highlight was Pim's test kitchen. And obviously you can pull it up online. I'm sure many people have seen it. Um, it was just great. So even just the theming you walk in, they have the, um, you know, they have these oversized Coke cans and they, they show how they shrink and enlarge the pretzels. And the food was cool, you know, so we got the quantum pretzel, which, you know, is bigger than our plate. Um, one of the highlights we got was, oh, and I'm, I don't want to space on the name, but the, um, the soda from Hulk, um, the Pingo Doce soda, which is the one that uh, that when, 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 when Bruce Banner went to Brazil and he, was at, he worked at the bottling plant, that's what he was bottling, Pingo Doce. Um, wow. it's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of just a simple kind of, um, it's kind of like Sprite with a little bit of a flavoring. But our whole family loved it. And so just really fun, unique. You know, they had really small eggs for breakfast, kind of fun um, little desserts and treats and food, and obviously the merchandise to go with it. And so that's what was really cool. Um, seeing those, and again, you just see the movies. So like the integration, right? Of watching the movie and then you see the character, you see the food from the movie. That's what really made the land um, really exciting. Um, and then to your point, uh, they had uh, in the old studio, the old uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire studio, I think it's Studio 17 there mm -hmm. um, next to Monsters, Inc. They had a, um, a prop, you know, a, a, a prop up, uh, Marvel, uh, store. And that was really cool too, because, um, you see the focus on merchandise. I mean, they had your, your basic Marvel merchandise, but they had a lot of, um, higher end and rare Marvel stuff to see. And they even just had, you know, cool, um, you know, cool statues and, and, and artwork up. And so it was really fun to walk through that. And, and, Again, a lot of Marvel merchandise. And so that was really cool to go see too um, and kind of get get pictures. And so obviously they're really incorporating Marvel out in California. Did you get a chance to, while we're in that corner of the park, did you get a chance to see the new Coco version of uh, what my son refers to as Donald's filler magic? Donald's, yes. Uh, huge, huge fan of Donald. Yes, we did. And it was great. Um, it, it probably worked to 
what Disney wanted, which was me saying, well, we got to see Phil Her Magic. And my family being like, oh, we've seen it before. And I said, but did you know there's a new scene with Coco? And they said, well, let's go see it. So we went and saw it and we actually loved it. It was really great. Um, you know, just kind of refreshing it a bit. Um, the animation was great. Um, you know, Donald getting into what Donald does. And so, yeah, it, it was it was really a fun addition to that show. I've always liked that show. That show goes way back. I mean, it's yeah. nearly 20 years old. And so the computer graphics are just simply much older. Did it seem Correct. a little jarring going from the older to the newer? Yeah, no, it actually didn't. I mean, I noticed it, but yeah, I mean, I think a good example of that is if you watch Toy Story 1 and maybe you turn around and watch Toy Story 4, you know, you you, you really notice it, right? Um, but no, it actually, it actually wasn't that jarring. Um, and then also for everyone familiar with with Florida, how how cool that show is relative to you know the the screen and how immersive it is, and then knowing how in California they don't have that, they really do a lot of cool cool tricks and cool things to make it a really good show in California as well. So yeah, so we were very very pleased with it. Want to jump over Disneyland? Anything else you want to mention from your experience at Disney California Adventure? Um, no, just kind of with Disneyland as well. It was, it was refreshing, uh, to not have it be as, as busy. You know, we know that California Adventure has, you know, wider walking paths and whatnot. And, but it was just really nice with having that reduced capacity that we were able to kind of move around a bit more and, and not wait in, in as long of lines. And so that's what made it really fun too. But but yeah, definitely um, was pleased with Avengers Campus. Very cool. Uh, you know, that really plays out well at Disneyland because they're, as you mentioned, Adventureland and several other little chokeholds within that park. And so thrilled to hear that the crowds were more realistic to, yeah. to that experience. You had a chance to uh, experience the new Jungle Cruise. We are yeah. still, I think, waiting for a couple of elements to completely finish ours. Um, but how did you how did you feel about that? I actually was really impressed. You know, it's kind of didn't have huge expectations. I I have been really thrilled with that decision, though, and others like with Splash Mountain, as Disney seeks to be more diverse and inclusive and thoughtful. Um, I'm, I really love what they're doing with that. Um, not only with attractions, but just with leadership in the company and what they're doing. And so um, it, it was interesting too, because, you know, people probably seen how they want to make it clear we're not also going to then just put in the rock or Emily Blunt in the attraction, even though the movie, right, was coming out at the same time. But as far as, you know, being more thoughtful and, um, and sensitive to different cultures, it was a big improvement. Um, the backstory um, of Alberta Falls and what the Joan Cruise Navigation Company is about, I thought was, you know, it was very good. It wasn't it, like wasn't forced. Um, it was nice to see even the queue spruced up. And mm. while, while the attraction doesn't really have any necessarily strong tie to the movie, if you've seen it, they do have some Easter eggs in the queue um, from, from the movie. Yeah. Um, so that was really great. And then just, I, it was just really great how they did it. I mean, just really hats off to the Imagineers because they just kind of took the whole element of any potential offensiveness or racism or um, just, you know, outdated stereotypes and just kind of just avoided it entirely. Um, that being said, I have always been a huge fan of dad jokes. And now that I'm a dad, even more so. And, you know, so I was pleasantly surprised that the, the dry humor of the skippers was in full force. Um, we, yeah, so that, that was really great. A lot of, you know, I'll, Many of the classic jokes uh, that many of us love 
and, and, and some, some new ones as well. And so I was really surprised how well they just incorporated everything. So a couple of things there, uh, Drew and I, um, often have uh, some conversations and probably need to, we are overdue for doing some podcasts that focus on how Disney is trying to make a better effort around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think it's really interesting, Drew, that they really could have just said from the start, hey, we're plussing up this ride. We're going to plus it up. And of course, people would have freaked out on that, um, but and they still did anyway, the way they approached it. However, However, people could have then just inferred, oh, they must have plussed it up because they got rid of the things that really were mm, less than sensitive. Yep. And, and that's not how Disney approached it. Disney really said, hey, you know, there's a reason we always plus things up, but there's a real reason here. And that's because we need to do a better job of reflecting an attraction that, that that makes certain it doesn't offend somebody or some some element of our of our population and honestly there were just some stereotypes and some imagery that just really that really just wasn't working despite the best intentions of those who you know put it in play 30 or 40 years ago i don't think anybody intended to be offensive yeah but to, in today's it's hard to not feel uncomfortable with some scenes. And yet the good news is, is it wasn't just replacing it or taking something out. They really did plus it up uh, with some really great stuff that then combs very nicely with the banter that the Jungle Cruise skippers give. Is that your, your, your feeling as well? Absolutely. Yeah. To me, there's kind of those two parts. One being, you know, how can we be more diverse, more inclusive, seek not to be offensive, you know, be more thoughtful of, of current day, which they did. But then too, like you said, sort of separate of that, just it, it was plus, you know, there were certain show scenes that, that they added in that, that you didn't necessarily need to from a diversity perspective, but they did. And so it, it really was refreshed. Um, it was great because just after we went on it, um, uh, Disney Plus released their Behind the Attraction series, and the Jungle Cruise is it's featured. It's featured on that, and so you know, I I knew a fair amount of the history, but there were some new things on there I didn't know about, and it was interesting, especially like they talked about, you know, back to it opening in 1955, and at how it evolved, both from you know being as serious to then the jokes, yeah. But also just evolved from obviously growth of the plants as well as did different technology scenes. improvements. Yeah, with and so electronics and so forth. This was only a greater enhancement of that um, to just make it even better. And so, like I said, I've always been a fan of it, but I feel much better not only um, because it is enhanced as a quality attraction, but also more diverse and inclusive. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Jungle Cruise. Did you get a chance to see the film? Yes. I don't know that I'm going to do a podcast around it. There's so many things to cover right now as we get close to the 50th. But here was my observation from the film, and you could share your thoughts too. Um, the, the, film, the film had some challenges, storyline, maybe taking on too many things and so forth. But and, and you will see the film and you'll say, this reminds me a lot of Indiana Jones. Yeah. This reminds me um, a lot of um, uh, a little bit of uh, Pandora, World of Avatar. It reminds me uh, of one other film. I can't remember what it is. But um, as I sat and looked at it, I thought, you know, what's really interesting is there. I don't think there would have been an Indiana Jones or Pandora or any of the, a lot of what Spielberg and Lucas brought to the screen, if there hadn't been a Jungle Cruise attraction to begin with. The Jungle Cruise inspired those films, which took the ball and ran it to, to no end. Oh, yeah. but, but the idea, because these people were all 
teenagers and kids growing up in the early days of Disneyland and their imaginations ran wild with the Jungle Cruise. And they have taken it. So I just see, I, I saw it as kind of a full circle, kind oh, of yeah. coming back around uh, to it. And I, I, I just, I find that fascinating. I just don't think we would have the film genres we have. Oh, Pirates. I, there's also a, a feeling a little bit of Pirates, but that is largely due to Pirates of the Caribbean. But, but it's that same, same kind of thing. You wouldn't have Pirates of the Caribbean as a film if you didn't have it as a ride. So, so these things pay homage to the, these original attractions. And I, uh, anyway, your thoughts. Yeah, we, I, I definitely felt that. And it was interesting because, you know, and, and really to your point, only makes the connection of the John Cruz being next to, to Indiana Jones um, even stronger because um, sort of with yeah. that interplay. Um, our, so my boys said the same thing. They, they um, were reminded a lot about Indiana Jones. Um, and they also had the feeling of pirates, which is funny too, because, you know, we've heard how, you know, Disney's hope is this could be the new pirates as far as a franchise. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see that happening, but in, 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 in perhaps because I had low expectations of the film, but we loved it. I thought it was, it was really fun. Um, Dwayne Johnson's great. Emily Blunt's great. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they did a good job of, of having it feel like the attraction, but not being too overbearing. You know, they had jokes, but not too much. And yeah, there was a lot of full, full circle with, you know, with, with Indiana Jones, but also just, you saw some of the, um, the, the scenes or um, in uh, an attire or costuming, hearkening back to the African queen, mm -hmm. you know, which the attraction was kind of based on. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of these full circles happening. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thought it was funny that, you know, without me saying anything that, that my, even my kids talked about, this feels kind of like Pirates and kind of like Indiana Jones, you know, <laughs> and kind of like the ride because we just went on it. So, yeah, so, yeah. really. So leaving Adventureland, what else stood out about your visit to your visits to Disneyland? Yeah, so one interesting thing was that I think a lot of people are doing is there was a, a lot of comparison between Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus, mm. you know, both being, you know, two big franchises, um, but also both being the two newest. And it's interesting because our kids love both. And two of the kids, one leans to Star Wars, other one leans to Marvel. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting to see similarities, but differences with those, you know, one kind of the striking thing with, um, uh, with Galaxy's Edge is, you know, you have kind of two similar attractions, you know, I would argue you can compare Rise with, um, with Guardians as far as, you know, quality of e-ticket. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can more compare um, the Millennium Falcon with Web Slingers. Um, mm -hmm. But the difference with Galaxy's Edge is just sort of it's how how much larger it is, much, just so expansive. How much more immersive. How much more immersive, you know, walking through the various shops, going on the attractions, just sitting there, taking it in um, to where there's just not that real estate in Avengers Campus. And this isn't knock to either. It's just, it's just an observation of how they are different experiences that way. Um, but, but with that, you know, still, still really enjoyed um, Star Wars, um, Galaxy's Edge, even though we've been there before, um, still love Rise, absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, in and like uh, Avengers Campus, we were able to take in a lot of the the fun treats and uh, unique food there, which which was fun. And which and your family's favorite? Um, I, 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 I believe it's yeah. I believe the Tatooine Sunset. Oh, okay. So that's a huge, that's probably the most favored one. Personally, I still really like the green milk a lot. Um, I was kind of in the minority with that. Um, one thing though, I will say, and I don't know if you've, you've had this, but you know, the, uh, the Toydarian, uh, what's it called? The Toydarian drink. 
which is, it's basically a variation of green milk with some kind of like hot spiciness to it. No, I that was, yeah, you probably shouldn't. That was not, um, that, was, <laughs> that did not uh, work <laughs> unless you like hot stuff, but that, that was one of the few things that, that, that people didn't like. Um, but yeah, you know, just, you know, being a star Wars fan ever since I can remember, um, it's, it's really great going there. And one highlight to this time was we exited from the Millennium Falcon right when the fireworks were happening. And so seeing the fireworks behind the black spires was a really cool, cool thing to see. So I'm so chance, glad you said that when I get over there, I am so checking it out in that, in that, uh, in that way. And I assume you also had a chance to see it on main street as well. Yeah. So different nights. It was funny. I, I heard about that, but I thought, ah, I don't really know, but people were right. Seeing it in galaxy was awesome. Um, and then yes, a different night we saw it on main street, uh, which I do recommend because, um, with the current fireworks, the, uh, mixed magic, mm-hmm. it's great in the middle of main street because they had the projections on all of the main street buildings. Mm-hmm. So really just fun little, you know, short dance party with fireworks. And so that's also one I would recommend. Very cool. Now you, you have to talk about one of my favorite, favorite, favorites out there. Snow White's Enchanted Wish, the re- redo. How, yeah. how, do, how do we rate that? How do we, how do we see that? Um, it was great. Um, I, and again, this is one of the ones that my family, uh, Especially, you know, if you think back to um, the scary element of the attraction for some people, that wasn't one that we would have done because the rest of my family wasn't into it, but we did with it being sort of refreshed and new. And it, 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 it yeah, it was really great. Um, it's, you know, obviously very different because you're not you know, it's, it's now third person, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. intended to be Snow White, but you see her and they do it. They do a good job. If, if you think of some of the other attractions of, of incorporating newer technologies. Yeah. Um, and I like Alice and Peter Pan. Correct. And I, yes, exactly like that. Um, and I, I, and so with the screens, but then I was thinking of, and I, I forget the name of it, you know, of how like they have on, um, seven doors mind train of having the attractions, but then the, the, the video moves on the faces. Yeah. Um, so they have that, which yeah, all blended very well. And so I think that was really good. It kind of, you know, I, I could, I could tell it felt like, you know, there was a higher demand to go on it relative to what it was before. And so a really good, um, upgrade. And obviously I, I think, you know, critical as you know to me it's that's kind of the heart of the company right you know first full-length animated feature like i'm glad that that didn't just go away uh, and it's good for the heritage kind of the company to have that there so i thought it was a good up good update any other highlights of uh, particularly disneyland or, or really your whole experience at the resort so you know it, it was just great to kind of go enjoy the parks and kind of forget COVID and forget things. And just the classic, why we go to Disney, right. Um, You know, Matterhorn, I just love that ride and going on space mountain, um, small world, like just really, um, you know, one thing I, I really love is the railroad. I mean, Mm. I've always loved the railroad, but, and it's, it's just so excellent. And, you know, we, we love getting a treat and hopping on, but, um, you know, obviously seeing the primeval world, um, the grand Canyon, Grand Canyon. I am such a sucker for that thing. I, know. I cannot believe how much I enjoyed that. Yeah, exactly. And, but I, and, and mind you, it's been really bad out here because we have gone nearly four years oh, without yeah. the Walt Disney world railroad. Yeah. The train station just barely came out from under scaffolding, but the train tracks still aren't even laid out between um between uh, uh storybook circus and yeah, so uh, time to go yeah three that's all still torn up uh, in that tomorrowland area near tron yeah. so 
but um yeah yeah well and the you know and the how they kind of rerouted the track for galaxy's edge yeah that they, worked they did, didn't it they did a really good job with that so that so it's 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 really fun to go on it um but yeah the one so one big thing that we've talked about a lot was it was really interesting to see some of the new initiatives like we saw it up close and personal the new initiative that, that, that Disney's pushing relative to theme park reservations, leveraging technology in the app, mobile ordering, the, the sort of uncertain future with what queuing and fast passing looks like. You know, we've, we, we, you know, we've heard about the things happening at Disneyland Paris mm -hmm. um, and the new genie app coming to Disney world. It was really fascinating to see it up close because we absolutely love uh, doing the mobile ordering. And so that was huge because we'll order something when we're like walking or in a queue and then pick it up. We hardly ever waited in line for food, which was, which was great. Um, the other interesting thing was with fast passes, like it was actually enjoyable not having fast passes. Um, now a big part of that was, like I said, maybe 60% capacity. But we didn't, you know, like a lot of families, I, you know, back in the days of the tickets, I'd always be the person that would run to get the fast passes and, you know, and run across the park. <laughs> so, and um, you don't have to do that. We didn't, other than again, our virtual queue, which was once a day, we didn't have to be like, oh, we have to run over, get to this fast pass. Um, and I had that down to a science and my exactly. children still remember running with me and and uh i tell people a thousand times over really these rides and attractions are built to hunt to accommodate an, a line of people that are moving at a reasonable rate it's yes. when you moved in hundreds of people in front of you for fast pass that this this queue suddenly stopped and the minute you stop is the minute you notice so exactly. when I think about, you know, this premium pass thing with Paris, and I think I've already talked a little bit about this, but for those who haven't heard, there's part of me that says, I hope they charge a ton of money for those premium passes. Because yeah. partly, and I think they might, because partly it's trying to fill that gap between, um, that between, um, between plaid, you know, paying for a plaid to take you around the park, which is a yes. ginormous amount of money. I think they're trying to fill that gap in between. And I, my belief is the more they charge, the less people will be in that queue and you'll still see a lot of movement uh, in the standby queue and people Correct. will be okay with that. So, yeah, it's, so yeah. it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance that puppy. Yeah, charge, charge more so no one does it and then it goes away or like you said, it's sort of like a, you know, tear down from a VIP um, cost that a select few do it, but it doesn't clog up the standby queue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, thinking about it, you know, we never waited longer than an hour on any attraction. Um, and typically it was, you know, Typically we're on the attraction, you know, 10 to 15, 20 minutes. Um, so that was really nice. You know, we, you know, we went on space mountain and, you know, it was a sort of steady move through the queue. And I always like, it cause it gives us time to, um, to talk and chat with the family. And then there are some, you know, with the Disney play app that you can do certain fun games and stuff at times. And so to me, that was, that was really enjoyable. Um, again, and, and we, we, you know, we probably, I would say did a larger diversity of rides, not having the fast pass. We, you know, we were there like, Oh, well, let's, let's go on this yeah, ride. Well, you know, one of the problems with the fast pass is it was constantly pulling you from one corner of the park to the other. Yes. And now it's more of, okay, we're in fantasy land. What are we going to do here? 
you know, what do you want to do? It wasn't like, oh, okay, let's do this, but then we got to go over here to do that. Yeah. Um, so fascinating. Drew, thank you so much for yeah. sharing your experiences with us from the Disneyland Resort. I am so jealous. I really, I was so mad when the when the mask rule came back in. I thought, oh, I'm just going to wait longer to go. Yeah. And then they introduced the annual passes coming back. And I thought, oh, I should be out there sooner after the, after the annual yes. passes returned. So I'm still trying to get the sweet spot from get it, for getting over there. But um, your, your sharing is just awesome. And it just helps paint the, paint the picture for what, uh, what lies ahead for anyone who goes out to uh, visit uh, Disneyland. So thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Again, my thanks to Drew Osler for joining me for this podcast and to talk about Disneyland. I am so ready to get out there. I promise at some point, not too soon, I will be out there myself. Um, by the way, if you haven't um, heard this podcast, uh, check out DisneyAtPlay.com. Um, we have a link to Drew and I also chatting about what we love most about Disneyland Paris. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there as well. And if you've not been to that park, uh, you definitely want to check that out. And by the way, if you haven't been to these places, whether it's Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Cruise Line, whatever, make sure you check in with Dave and Leah Zanola of Out the Door Travel. Because as I've mentioned, and if you hadn't heard the previous uh, report David and Leah make uh, on the Disney Cruise Line on its premiere voyage, um, you just absolutely want to make sure that uh, you get their support as you plan your next uh, Disney vacation or wherever you uh, your plans take you. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out our videos at J. Jeff Kober. We've got a lot more to cover. In the meantime, you have a great day and always follow the compass of your heart. See you real soon. Bye. Thank you.